Good morning, beautiful people of God. You are listening to Sunrise with Shona on Hot 1027. It is wonderful to be back with you again this morning, and I hope that you are warm and well. I want to look at something slightly different today. I follow Richard Raw, and I'm sure there are a few of you who also follow Richard Raw, and he's been looking at the transformational power of what I'm going to call struggle, hard times if you like, and what we can take from them and how we can learn from them. Now, I think even those of us who've survived relatively unscathed through the pandemic and the uncertainty that is in the world at the moment, I think all of us would agree that we are living in challenging and difficult times in world history. Therefore, it's important sometimes to look at what we can learn from the darkness. Richard Raw calls it luminous darkness, deepening love. I love that. In other words, out of the luminous darkness, when we illuminate the dark, so our love deepens, so we are changed. Now, of course, the minute I speak about darkness, one of the people that springs to mind is John of the Cross, as I'm sure it does to you too. And he wrote in the ascent of Mount Carmel, if something does not give birth to humility and love and dying to self, and godly simplicity and silence, what can it be? And I think what he's saying is that something needs to give birth to humility, love, dying to self, godly simplicity and silence, otherwise it's actually not worthwhile. And I certainly know for me, dark times, trying times, hard times, do give birth to humility, love, dying to self, simplicity and silence, because it is there that we find our healing. So what I believe John of the Cross is actually saying in the dark night of the soul is that any dark night of the soul should transform our humanity, how we think and feel and how we show up in relationship to others. John of the Cross was known for his humility, his sensitivity towards the sick, his compassion and something I didn't know about him, he was fun to be around. One of his friars said whenever we go off on our little Sunday walks, we hope that he will join us because he makes us laugh. So in spite of his deep and earnest struggle, he lifted others up. Now one last story about John of the Cross, on his deathbed it was something I didn't know either. He actually called for the superior who struggled with him the most, who liked him the least, who in fact didn't like him, and he, John of the Cross, sincerely apologized for the role he played to contribute to the conflict between them. And it was sincere, he wasn't being superficial about it, he really genuinely apologized. And apparently, even on his deathbed then, he transformed the life of his superior through his apology who left the room crying and changed. Now most of us which might, would much rather not struggle. I think humanly we'd much rather not struggle, we'd rather not have challenges, we'd rather just have good times. We would rather not experience grief or sorrow. But I still honestly believe that when we are open to God, even in the midst of those times, God does work all things together for our own good. And it is often, and I found this from my own experience, often at these times when we're struggling the most, that we experience the most growth, especially spiritually. Now I want to look at the struggles of Peter and Jesus in a moment. But first, on the Mighty Hot 1027, 10,000 reasons, because there are always reasons to praise the Lord, to thank the Lord, to bless the Lord and lift God's name on high, no matter what we're going through. Enjoy. Hot 1027. 10,000 reasons on the Mighty Hot 1027. It's great to be back with you. This is Reverend Shona from St. Mark's Anglican Church. And this morning I'm looking at the slightly uncomfortable topic, if you like, of struggle. And I'm looking at what Richard Raw calls luminous darkness, 
deepening love. Now I've briefly looked at a few things from John of the Cross and what we can learn from John of the Cross and how he believed that darkness should be transformational. I want to now look at Peter. Peter, of course, one of Jesus' favorite disciples. He's the one who denies Jesus three times when Jesus is really needing support at his trial. And it is Peter who then Jesus restores. So it was Peter's dark night of the soul. I think we need to accept that. And Jesus later fully restored him, as I said, when he asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? And Peter went on to become the founder of the church. In fact, just a few things about Peter. He was the first bishop of Rome, the first pope, if you like, and he was also the first bishop of Antioch. And it is thought he was the longest reigning pope at any time anywhere in the world. He reigned between 34 to 38 years. And while we can't verify this, we do know that he was one of the first leaders of the early church. He also went through very dark periods of struggle and shame and being a fisherman, fishermen were traditionally uneducated, quite vulgar, I'm told, very physical. They needed to be to survive in the storms and they were unafraid of others and quick thinking. We know that if a storm comes your way, you have to be quick thinking. And we see this in Peter when he cuts off the ear of the soldier in the Garden of Gethsemane. His teacher, Jesus, who has been preaching love for for three years with Peter around, obviously heals that soldier's ear, but Peter responds to the threat in a very physical way. Peter, according to the Gospel of Matthew, Mark and Luke, is the first disciple to be called by Jesus. He was a man who had a huge faith, but also messed up from time to time. And it's actually one of the reasons why I love Peter, because I think we all mess up from time to time. We could think of him walking on water. He was doing it confidently until he looked around and became a bit fearful and filled with doubt, and then he starts to sink. And this is the part I love about Jesus. Jesus reaches out and rescues him. So if you feel that you're drowning or sinking today, remember, just call out, reach out, put your hand out. Jesus does rescue us even today. And we often feel, um, when we look at Peter, that he was very sincere when he said to Jesus, I will never deny you. I certainly feel that, that he was sincere. He really thought he wouldn't deny Jesus. But then when his life is in danger and he feels he might be next, he does three times. But then, of course, Jesus restores him, as I said, and he goes on to be the founder, member and leader of the church. Now, if we look at Peter, we encounter a man who was at first very naive and and rough, if you like, around the edges when Jesus calls him. And then look at the growth that Peter goes through to become the founder of the church. His growth is enormous. The change is transformational. And that is what God does when we allow God in, when we allow God into our lives. And when we're honest enough to say, God, I'm messing up, or when we're honest enough to say, God, I'm sinking, God transforms us and grows us and restores us and renews us when we struggle or when we mess up. Because after all, God loves us. On that note, coming up now on the Mighty Heart 1027, Heart of Worship. Heart 1027. Heart of Worship on Hot 1027. Good morning. It's great to be with you. You're listening to Sunrise with Shona. I've been looking at struggle and transformation and the healing power of Jesus and the restoring power of Jesus. I want to now focus on Jesus himself. Because people often say to me, Jesus couldn't possibly understand what I'm going through. But when we say that, I feel that we're denying Jesus' humanity. It's always good to remember that Jesus was fully divine, but also 
fully human like you and I. And when we look at the Gospels, really look at them, look at the stories, we see that Jesus also had grief, Jesus also had anger, Jesus also experienced sorrow, just like you and I. Now, can you imagine what it was like for Jesus? He was taken off by his parents to Egypt as a foreigner in a strange land because they had to flee from Herod. And so Jesus knows what it's like to live in exile. That's the first thing that Jesus can relate to that I feel is really important in today's times when so many people are refugees, so many people are in exile. So it couldn't have been easy for him or for his parents, and they would probably have had to live very frugally, struggling financially as well. So like most of us, Jesus also grew tired. He grew weary at times, and we know that at least on one occasion, I often think of this, he got in the boat to cross over to the other side to get away from the people. When he got to the other side, they were all waiting for him, and he had compassion on them and healed them. Um, but we know that he got weary. At times he wanted to withdraw. At times he wanted to go away from people. We also know he walked everywhere, so I'm sure that he got tired physically as well as emotionally and needed rest. He also knew grief. A few times in the Bible we read that Jesus wept. Luke 19, he wept over Jerusalem. John 11, he wept over the death of his friend. And as I discussed a few weeks ago, he also knew what it was like to be betrayed. Obviously one of the hardest emotions I feel for us as humans to forgive. And we know he knew anger. He overturned the tables in the temple. He also knew what it was like to have a mom and a family and to worry about them and to have that responsibility that even on the cross when he's been crucified, he's concerned for his mom. Jesus certainly knew what it was like to be human. He also knew what it felt like to feel that God had forsaken him, something that we sometimes do feel, if we're honest, when things are going wrong. In Matthew 27, he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus can relate to whatever we're feeling, wherever we find ourselves today. What is important is our response. I believe we need to remain faithful. We need to remain open to God. And God works in the most amazing ways and sometimes the most unexpected ways. In Hebrews 13:5, of course, we, we hear, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I found that to be absolutely true, not just in my own life, but in the lives of those whom I've had the privilege of journeying with. God is always faithful. God is always present. And as I've said before so many times, God is love. And so to wrap up this morning, I am not alone. What could be more appropriate than to know that we are never alone? God is always with us. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you and keep you. May you have a wonderful week. And may God protect you and those you love and pray for today and always. Hot 1027.